Instructions on how to build the tabernacle, how to build the various pieces of furniture that would be placed in the tabernacle, how the clothing of the priests were to be made, how the incense and the oil was to be produced. He designated certain people who he would give wisdom and skill into preparing these various facilities. And now he's coming to the end of his conversation with Moses on this mountaintop experience. He's been gone about 40 days. And God's concluding these instructions with these words which are found in Exodus chapter 1, starting with verse 12. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, But as for you, speak to the sons of Israel, saying, You shall surely observe my Sabbaths, for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Now I want to stop there. God, notice he says, you are to celebrate my Sabbaths, plural. Oftentimes we think of the Sabbath as the seventh day, Saturday, and that's the Sabbath. But God also tells us there are additional Sabbaths that He's going to instruct them. He's already told them about a few. He's told them about Passover and unleavened bread. And soon He'll be talking about first fruits and Pentecost. And then later He'll instruct them on the blowing of the shofar and also Day of Atonement and then the Feast of Booths. All of those are Sabbaths which is one of the reasons why I think when people don't understand the Sabbath and think only of Saturday as being a Sabbath, you miss certain things. And I think that's a main reason why uh, people think that Jesus died on the cross on a Friday and rose on a Sunday, even though it talks about there being three days being laid in the grave. And if you look at that, it's kind of hard to count three days. But they say that the reason that the women couldn't go to the tomb was because of the Sabbath. Right. Passover and unleavened bread were Sabbaths. They were days of rest. So they couldn't go there. And then on Saturday was another day of rest. So there were Sabbaths. So they couldn't go to the tomb until Sunday. And so God is saying, I want you to remember the Sabbaths. For you shall observe them, my Sabbaths, for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations. It's not just a recollection and a memory for those people who are alive at this particular point, but it's to be remembered by all of Israel throughout all of their generations. But the reason is to know that the Lord is the one who sanctifies Therefore, you are to observe the Sabbath, for it is holy to you. Notice the Sabbath is holy to God, but is also to be holy to those in Israel. It's to be considered set apart and separate, distinct. And then he's going to say, if you don't observe the Sabbath, what then happens? Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. God must be really serious about this one. For whoever does any work on it, that person shall be cut off from among its people. For six days work may be done, but on the seventh there is a Sabbath 
of complete rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall surely be put to death. So the sons of Israel shall observe the Sabbath to celebrate the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. Again, it's something that Israel is to understand, not just for this generation. They're not just to set aside a Saturday for these people, but it is something throughout the nations and the people of Israel forever. It is a sign between me and the sons of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, but on the seventh he ceased from labor and was refreshed. God says, if I set aside a day after creating the universe, then you should do as well. Now the problem is, what Israel did was they put all kinds of rules and regulations and restrictions so that you might not break this command. So I want to look at a few New Testament scriptures to see what Jesus taught about it. And the first one I want to take a look at is John chapter 7, verse 19 through 24. Did not Moses give you the law, and yet none of you carries out the law? Why do you seek to kill me? The crowd answered, You have a demon. Who seeks to kill you? Jesus answered them, I did one deed, and you all marveled. For this reason Moses has given you circumcision, not because it is from Moses, but from the fathers. And on the Sabbath you circumcise a man. If a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath, so that the law of Moses will not be broken, are you angry with me because I made an entire man well on the Sabbath? Do not appear, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgments. Jesus is saying when we're coming to these types of matters, it's not about the rules and regulations, and I'll show you where you make an exemption. On the eighth day, they are to circumcise the male children. But he says, but if that eighth day happens to be on a Saturday, on a Sabbath, you go ahead and circumcise the child. So you break the Sabbath to keep the Sabbath. You're breaking the law to keep the law. And, God, and Jesus is saying, so think about it. Why? Because the covenant of Abraham came before the covenant of Moses. But you're doing righteous work by circumcising. And then in Mark chapter 2, starting with verse uh, 23, it says this, And it happened that he was passing through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples began to make their way along while picking the heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are you doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and his companions became hungry? How he entered the house of God in the time of Abathar, the high priest, and he ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for anyone to eat except the priest, and he also gave it to those who were with him? And Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Jesus is saying, I am greater than David, 
And David did something in, because of a need, because his men and he were hungry. And he's saying, my people were hungry. They weren't working. They simply did something to eat. They, quite frankly, their work were, most of them were fishermen. They didn't go out fishing. They simply picked a few ears. Jesus is saying, don't look at the gnat. Stop worrying about the log. Therefore, Jesus says, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. What, what happens, I can command. But then he goes on to say this in Mark 3. He entered again into a synagogue, and a man there was whose hand was withered. And they were watching him to see if he would heal on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man with a withered hand, Get up and come forward. And he said to them, Is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath, to save a life or to kill? But they kept silent. Notice they won't participate in Jesus' question because they know what they're doing is having rules and regulations that make no sense. It's just rules and regulations. It's fences upon fences upon fences to prevent you from doing what you're not supposed to do instead of understanding what the heart of the message is. After looking around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately began conspiring with the Herodians against him as to how they might destroy him. He already asked them the question and they refused to answer him. He said, is it wrong to do good on the Sabbath? Even in their rules and regulations, if your ox fell into a ditch, they allowed you on the Sabbath to take it out. That was an exemption. And yet Jesus said, you have your exemptions on the law because of a special need. Is it wrong to do good on the Sabbath? And because of the hardness of their hearts, they would not answer. Well, why are we here today instead of Saturday? There are some Baptists who are Seventh-day Baptists. There are other denominations who worship on Saturday and not on Sunday. After all, remembering the Sabbath and to keep it holy was the fourth of the Ten Commandments. But you notice the command here was that people might know that God separated and made holy Israel. It was a covenant between them and Him that they might know that He is God and He might show to them His holiness. Romans chapter 14 helps us understand. Now accept the one who is weak in faith, but for, not for the purposes of passing judgment on his opinions. One person has faith that he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats vegetables only. The one who eats is not to regard with contempt the one who does not eat. And the one who does not eat is not judged the one who eats, for God has accepted him. Who are you to judge the servant of another? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. 
One person regards one day above another. Another regards every day alike. Each person must fully be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it for the Lord. And he who eats does so for the Lord. For he gives thanks to God. For he who does not eat for the Lord. He does not eat and gives thanks to God. For not one of us lives for himself. And not one of us dies for himself. For if we live, we live for the Lord. Or if we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Paul is telling us, we're not commanded necessarily to worship on a Saturday. Some people have a regard for one day. Some people have a regard for another day. Some people view all days the same. Who are we to judge what they are convinced of? Therefore, our seven-day Baptist friends, they wish to worship on a Saturday? Awesome. We who worship on a Sunday? Awesome. Now, the reason we tend to worship on a Sunday is that was the day that Jesus was raised from the dead. In an, well, in better words, discovered. And so the Christians have developed this time of worshiping God on a Sunday. But here's the problem with whether it's Saturday or whether it's Sunday. Are you doing it for the Lord? Or are you doing it because that's what you're supposed to? All too often, we come to church and we're busy. We have jobs to do. We teach Sunday school or we're in a band or we're helping doing whatever we're doing in our ministry. And we get so involved in our jobs of ministry, we forget to rest in the Lord. As I've told band members a number of times, Sometimes the hardest thing to do while you're leading worship is to worship because you're so concerned about doing all the technical things right and do I come in here, do I stop here, as opposed to worshiping. And sometimes we're so busy and teaching and doing whatever, we forget to just rest in Him. Jesus told His disciples and those who weren't His disciples, the Sabbath wasn't made for its sake. It was made for your sake. Because there's two things that we need to do on a Sabbath, whether that's a Saturday, a Sunday, or a Wednesday, or Friday, or whatever it may be. To take time and cease from your labors so that you give your mind and your body rest. But also to contemplate on the goodness of God. How He's our Father, our Creator, our Sustainer, our Deliverer, our Redeemer, who's made all of these things and secured all of these things for our benefit. 
And remembering the Sabbath and making it holy is not simply, well, I came to church and that's good enough. It's a matter of taking the time to rest physically, mentally, and spiritually. For you see, after the wandering in the wilderness, God will give them the land. But it was not Joshua who gave them rest. It was God. And Jesus gave us rest from our spiritual striving to trying to fulfill the law because He fulfilled the law. And we can rest in Him. And we need to take time to contemplate that, to meditate on that. We all live busy lives. And it's easy to just get so busy that you forget what are the essentials. And you can get so busy doing things for God that you forget to know who God is. You can be so busy trying to build the kingdom of God rather than understanding that He's already delivered that and we're to enter into His rest. So, coming to church is a good start on the Sabbath. But it's not the entire Sabbath. I may preach a great message. I may preach a terrible message. I may speak something that touches you. I may speak something that you go, eh, so what? If I spoke something and the Word of God touched you, meditate on it. Consider it. Think about it. If I said something that eh, just didn't apply to you, that's okay. Take the Word of God. Look at it. Examine it. Meditate on it. And think of what God has done. Because the Sabbath doesn't end when this service ends. And for those, for either because of travel or illness or whatever it may be, Just because you didn't attend church doesn't mean you didn't participate in the Sabbath. As long as you rest from your striving and consider what God has done in your life or hasn't done in your life. The problem with the Sabbath, when you look at this, we get so bound up in the law. I'm supposed to do this, I'm not supposed to do that. Paul in Romans said simply, we are the Lord's. We live, we live for Him. If we die, we're with Him. Either way, we're the Lord's. I've used this example over and over. 
because I think it's apropos. You see the love of your life. You get married and you come to the altar and the, and the pastor, rabbi, or priest says, I now pronounce you husband and wife. And then you kiss the bride. Then you go and you live in separate houses. And you think not of each other. Not much of a marriage. Or even if you live in the same house. And you may even say, I love you and I love you. But you don't share. And you don't communicate. It's really hard to say. You're married. It's kind of the same way with the relationship with God. We all oftentimes say, well, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. Well, how often did you communicate with God today? Or yesterday? Or the day before? It's easy to say, oh, I'm a believer. But we have no clue what God's doing. Who He is. We glum on to His grace and His mercy. Which are good things to glum on to. But He's more than that. He's holy. He's righteous. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's all of these things that you, we can rattle off. So often we know the words. But we don't have the understanding of who He is. And that's the point of a Sabbath. To get to know Him better. And to understand that if you just keep living Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and you just, and you just keep going on and on and on, that life goes by way too quickly. If you're a parent or a grandparent, you know that. While you're raising your kids, it may seem like forever until they're grown. And then it seems like a blink of an eye. And that's kind of life. We can be, have all of these great intentions. But if we don't act on them, they're just great intentions. And so the point of today's message is not to say, okay, we're going to change days and we're going to be on the Sabbath because this command of this particular Saturday is for Israel. It's not for us. But wouldn't it be awesome? Just as Israel knows who God is and God knows who they are by the setting aside of this day, wouldn't it be awesome as we as believers said, people are going to know who I am and my faith in Him because I do this thing. And it's going to be hard all you got to do is get your kids involved in something. Take any sport. 
football, basketball, baseball. When do they have pitcher days? Sunday mornings. Because the world doesn't care you're going to church. And going to church is not all the be-all and end-all. So you have picture days. That doesn't mean you can't worship the Lord and meditate on Him and consider who He is even though you miss church. Quite frankly, sometimes you can even have better church at home because you don't have to listen to me. You get to hear the Holy Spirit directly. The children of Israel had two signs, circumcision and the Sabbath. Hopefully we have a sign. And that sign I'm going to talk about real quickly. If you go back to Exodus chapter 1, verse 18. When he, being God, had finished speaking with him, that being Moses, upon Mount Sinai, he gave Moses two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone, written by the finger of God. Boy, I that, bet that was something. To see that, that God's finger wrote on these two tablets of stone that he gave to Moses to act as a testimony, as a statement of what God had delivered to Moses. What if, instead of having as a sign, as a testimony, two stone tablets we might make as our testimony that God has written on my heart His law and His love for me and Him. My heart something greater of density and hardness than stone. And the testimony might be that He changed my heart. That I am a different person because He has been my Lord and my God that I am not who I was or who I would have been, but that I am a testimony to Him. For you see, the law of the Sabbath can be found in these words. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. If you find yourself doing those two, I suspect whatever day you worship, whatever day you set aside and rest will be a day of honoring of the Lord and meditating on who He is. Because He is a wonderful Maker. And one of the things that that Sabbath does is cause us to remember that if He made everything, no matter what problem I may have, not too big for Him, 
no matter what obstacle may appear in my life, it's okay. He can give me the strength to go over it, around it, or He can divide it and I can walk through it. The Sabbath helps us to remember He's the God of creation. Nothing is impossible with Him. And all God's people said,